Welcome to For the Sake of What, a podcast to help you become unstuck in everyday life by offering you a different perspective. Each episode will provide some tips and tools for looking at life differently and for leading yourself to be your own version of success. My name is Diane and I am your host. Hello, it's Diane here again, and welcome to episode three of the For Sake of What podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about a specific emotion and how we can use it in our interactions with everyday life. I spent quite some time trying to work out which emotion to talk about today, and eventually someone said to me, why don't you feature the emotions that you've been feeling recently? Because if you've been feeling them at this time of year, chances are someone else has been too. And so that is how anxiety came to be featuring in our episode today. Before I start to share my insights with you, I'd really like to point out that I am a coach. I'm not a medical professional or a therapist. My ideas are suggestions that have worked for myself and others I've worked with when trying to understand our everyday experience of anxiety as an emotion in a given moment. Some people experience anxiety and other emotions in a way that requires assistance via medicine or therapy beyond those ad hoc everyday experiences. My suggestions are not a replacement for medicine or therapy. If you are someone who experiences anxiety in a way that requires medical attention or therapy, please talk to your doctor or therapist about your specific situation and follow their advice based on your situation. Okay, so let's talk about anxiety. Now, the word anxiety comes from the Latin word anxietas, which means anguish, solicitude, uneasy, troubled mind. It also comes from the word anguere, which means choke or squeeze. It means torment or cause distress. I think that makes sense so far. When we're anxious, we feel quite troubled and we tend to operate from a body that chokes or squeezes our ability to take action, a body of diminished posture, not wanting to be prominent, a body which has tightness across the chest, which can be subtly concave. We can have shallow breathing, neck forward and eyes downward. So in episode two, I mentioned that emotions each have a story that we tell ourselves, an action that we tend to be directed towards doing and a purpose. Let's break each of these down for anxiety. When we experience anxiety, we're telling ourselves that our world or part of the world is not a safe place and that we might be harmed or damaged. And the thing with anxiety is that we don't know the source. So we feel like we're going to be harmed or damaged by an unidentified source. And this is important because this is where anxiety is a little bit different to fear. In fear, we can identify the source of the damage. In anxiety, we feel as though we may be harmed and we don't know what it is that will do the harm. Now, when we experience anxiety, we tend to want to self-protect And so our actions tend to be directed towards withdrawing, self-protecting, worrying, playing it safe and not taking any risks. We tend to be on the alert for threats or attacks when we're experiencing anxiety. When we think about the body of someone experiencing anxiety, I think the body of anxiety really supports our tendency towards self-protection because if we're making our body smaller, we are less exposed to risk and less open to others, therefore less open to being harmed. So I guess the obvious question is, why do we experience anxiety? What's its purpose? My interpretation is that we experience anxiety so we can become aware of the risks in the world and be warned of possible danger, even when we don't know what that danger is. So it's not wrong or bad to feel anxiety because it's telling us something about our experience of the world. 
However, the way in which we use our experience of anxiety may or may not be helpful for us. And that is what this discussion is about, taking the message that anxiety is giving us and using that message in a way that helps us. So how can we use our experience of anxiety in a given moment in a way that's useful or helpful? We experience our emotions as a sign of how we are interpreting the world. So if we are experiencing anxiety, then it is telling us that there's something that we're interpreting in the world that is a possible danger. The secret is to find a way of using that sign that helps us to interact resourcefully and usefully with the world. So firstly, if anxiety is showing us that there's a potential danger, how can we better understand that danger? Here are a few questions and ideas that have worked for me and may be useful for you. So firstly, can we understand what situation has led us to feeling anxious? Is there an action that we can take that will address that? As an example of this, I recently felt anxiety when I was reading an email from a client. And when I asked myself why it was there, I noticed that I'd actually committed something to the client and hadn't followed up. So receiving that email led me to feeling anxious because it led me to thinking that there was a potential danger in the relationship with this client because I hadn't followed up with them, hadn't honoured my commitment. When I realised that, I was able to make a conscious choice about what to do next. So what I did was I contacted the customer, I owned my mistake, we came to an agreement about how we were going to deal with that and I was able to move on. So in that instance, anxiety served its purpose because it showed me that there was a potential danger in my relationship with that customer and it enabled me to manage that danger appropriately. And I think that's the value that comes from having an awareness of our emotions and understanding that they're there. Because if I hadn't understood that that was anxiety and I hadn't understood what the anxiety was telling me, I wouldn't have been in a position where I could take an action that served that relationship. So that's one point to consider. Another possibility is that we can look at what it is we think that it's going to harm us. Why don't we feel safe? Can we be specific about the danger and the source? And can we turn that anxiety into fear? Now, remember I said earlier that the difference between anxiety and fear is that in anxiety, we feel as though we're going to be harmed, but we don't know what the source of the harm is. In fear, we feel that we're going to be harmed by a specific source. So if we can look at our anxiety and really understand it and then break it down to a potential fear, then it may be that once we understand that specific fear, we can understand how we'd like to manage it. So as an example of this, I've felt myself feeling quite anxious lately, as I mentioned in the introduction. I've had a lot on my plate and I can feel myself worrying constantly about getting in trouble or getting it wrong. And really that's quite general as anxiety tends to be. But what would happen if I looked further for what it could be that I had fear of? When I looked deeper into the anxiety that I've been experiencing, what I realised is that I have a fear of bringing shame to myself and the organisation with which I work. So that's great, right? Because that's a specific fear. Now, how can I manage that specific fear? In my case, it was useful for me to then look at the shame that I was fearing because shame occurs when we don't meet some community standards. So what community standards could I possibly not meet that ran the risk of bringing shame? For my specific case, it occurred to me that the main standards that I wanted to meet were my organisation's values. If I was doing that, then the risk of bringing shame would be low. And if the risk of bringing shame is going to be low, then in a way that addresses my fear. So with that specific fear managed, I also felt that my anxiety was managed. 
So I think it can be quite useful to look beyond the anxiety and start to actually look at what the specific fears are and how we can address those. Another possibility that's actually worked for me in the past is to also look at the worst case scenario. So what is the worst case scenario in a situation that you're feeling anxious about? Once we know the worst case scenario, what actions would we like to address that worst case scenario? What I've sometimes found is that I tend to become anxious about situations without realising what the worst case scenario is. And then when I do realise what it is, quite often I find that it might be a worst case scenario that probably wouldn't even concern me if it happened. Like it was, it would be a worst case scenario that I could potentially deal with if it really happened. I mean, I might not want to deal with it, but it could be a worst case scenario that I actually have the ability to deal with if it happened. And so when we start to understand that, that can help us to understand and ease our anxiety. Sometimes I think it might feel useful to shift the anxiety and whether this is instead of understanding it or as a result of understanding it. And I'd now like to offer some possibilities for doing that. So when we experience an anxiety, we can often experience this quite strongly in our body. And as I said earlier, the tendency towards self-protection and worry is something that we embody and we tend to become smaller and less open to others. So how can we use this experience of our body to shift the anxiety? I've noticed that when I become anxious and self-protective, my head starts to look down and my body becomes smaller and my shoulders drop and roll forward. This tends to tighten and close the torso and impacts my breathing. So if I'm in a conversation and I notice that this is happening, my first go-to move is to lift my shoulders and push them back. This tends to elongate my body more and open up my torso, slowing down my breathing. And it sounds silly. However, I've been in a number of situations where I've noticed anxiety and this move has helped me. I can actually feel the anxiety leaving when I do it. I think the key is in finding the move that works for you. For some people, slowing down breathing can help. For others, it might be lifting the head. For others, like me, it might be lifting the shoulders up and back. Find what works for you. And then when you're in a situation where you experience anxiety in that moment, look at using your body to shift that anxiety away. So one last final possibility for dealing with anxiety Someone once offered me the interpretation that anxiety can happen when we oppose an experience of uncertainty. So what do I mean by that? Well, it might be best explained if I give you an example. I was once working on a project with someone and I really didn't like working on this project with them. When I asked myself why, what occurred to me was that working with this individual seemed to always lead to me feeling anxious and as though I had to be self-protective or cover my backside whenever we were working together. It always seemed like there would be something that would come up that would just shift our um, ability to meet deadlines and shift our ability to basically complete the project tasks that we had allocated to us. So I was constantly worrying about what would happen next and whether my schedule of tasks would be thrown by this person shifting responsibility to me at the last minute. When I explored this a little bit more, what occurred to me was that I always felt uncertain when working with this person. I felt uncertain about whether I could rely on them, uncertain about how they would work with me, and uncertain about pretty much everything relating to my experience of working with this person. And even though I could see that working with this person created uncertainty for me, I opposed that it created uncertainty. I didn't want it to create uncertainty, so I tried to deny that it did, and I tried not to accept that it created that uncertainty. And I think it was this opposition to the uncertainty that led to my anxiety. A trick that I learned was to accept that working with this person 
would create uncertainty for me. And then when I accepted that it created uncertainty for me, what I found was I started to become curious and more in wonder about what would happen. So I don't know whether this person will do their tasks became, I wonder what we'll deliver for the project today. And the interesting thing was that once I started to wonder about the project rather than worry about it, I also started to wonder about the ways in which I could work with this person. So eventually it got to the point where accepting them shifting responsibility to me was only one approach available to me and not the approach available. And I found myself able to engage others to assist or to set boundaries or whatever might have been useful in that moment. So in your experience of anxiety, I ask you to consider what might be happening that feels uncertain for you. What's, what is leading to uncertainty and how might you be opposing that uncertainty? Is there a way that you can accept the uncertainty and create wonder? And it might be that all you have available to start with is to just shift some language. And that's what I did to start with. I started to shift things like, I don't know if this person's going to do their work today to, I wonder what we'll create today. And it became this experience of what we could create and where we could go. And I found myself becoming focused on the outcome that we were trying to achieve rather than becoming attached to what might happen along the way. And so I invite you to consider the possibility of curiosity and wonder when you find yourself experiencing anxiety. It might even be in a conversation. You might feel anxious about something someone just said to you. What is it that you can be curious about? What is it that you can be in wonder about? And how might that help you in that interaction in that moment? So what I've offered in this podcast today are just some ways in which we can notice and work with our experience of anxiety in any given moment. All of these suggestions can be adopted or adapted in whatever way you think will work for you. I think one of the key points to my message about anxiety is that it's okay to feel anxious. Anxiety is a sign that we see the potential for danger or risk in our world. And so we need to experience it to know when we see the potential for danger, even if we don't specifically know what that danger is. What matters is how we use that sign in a way that allows us to interact usefully with others in the world. And what I've offered here are five possibilities for doing that. I'd now like to quickly reiterate them. So the first one was understanding why we see danger and what action we would like to take for managing that. The second is whether we can find a specific fear within the anxiety and then choosing how we're going to address that. The third is obtain a clearer understanding of the worst case scenarios and how we can manage those. Fourthly, notice our experience of anxiety in our body and find a way of shifting our body to help us to shift to a more useful emotion or a more useful way of being in life. And finally, understanding what uncertainty we're opposing and then working to accept the uncertainty and create curiosity and wonder about our world. Now remember, the goal here isn't to ignore or remove the anxiety. The goal here is to understand why it's there and then to use it in a way that serves us. So that may include removing it. However, that is something that is done by choice after we understand why it's there. We don't dismiss it completely without considering it and understanding it first because it's legitimate that we're feeling it and it's therefore useful to really understand it and understand why it's there and how it's helping us. So really, I guess it comes down to, for the sake of what am I feeling anxiety and how am I going to use this in a way that helps me? So that's it for another episode of the For Sake of What podcast. I look forward to talking with you again in two weeks, and that'll be the 27th of December, 2020. 
Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Please take care and I hope the upcoming festive season is kind to you and yours. Thanks again. Cheers for now. Thank you for joining me this episode on the For Sake of What podcast. If you'd like to know more about what I do, feel free to visit my website, leadingandbeing.com, or to visit the For Sake of What website, for the sake of what.world. Otherwise, you can connect with me on Instagram at leadingandbeingcoaching, or feel free to drop me an email, deanne, D-E-A-N-N-E, at for the sake of what.world. Until next time, bye.